Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This is Good Morning Toy World, your source for semi-premium adult-related toy content. I'm your host with the most, your ghost with the most, your one, your only pepperoni. And today, we have a very special episode with the lads from King Hideous. We've got Colm. Did you want to say hello to the people, Colm? Hello, people. And we have Bryn. Would you also like to say hello to the people, Bryn? Oh, hello, everybody. Third uh, time's the charm, right? (laughs) (laughs) yes and uh tony is dead uh so he's not on this episode he died um see you uh, in hell you scumbag (laughs) scumbag uh no we're we're all together in person uh here in the wonderful city of edmonton and Mm, it's okay (laughs) yeah and we've been having uh, a little toycation doing Mm -hmm. toy guy toy things uh, and yeah, we, we talked about this before pressing the record button and we kind of wanted to do like a little, um, ABCs of, uh, going from toy fan and collector to being a maker. Um, I know a lot of people who collect toys have aspirations of, <laughs> sorry, sorry, you're, you're just not nearly loud enough. It's, it's, it'll be fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll, be fine. Uh, we'll see. Who it. knows? Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, toy collectors and fans have aspirations of one day making their own toy, and uh, if you don't know where to start, it can be a bit daunting, because, you know, how the fuck does anyone do anything? Um, but yeah, I think within the room, there's three of us with enough knowledge under our belts that we might be able to illuminate some things and sort of dispel some of the mysticism and secrecy and... Mm awful gatekeeping that can be <laughs> getting into uh, getting into uh, you know creative endeavor that's as complicated and nuanced as toy making can be yeah first first rule is always uh, gatekeep the shit out of it <laughs> yeah. yeah step one don't let anyone know your secrets yeah. push yeah. them out push step them two out. tell them all of their ideas are bad <laughs> be a sad sad little person yeah, yeah. Be a cretin. Be a gatekeepy, preferably libertarian creepy. Uh, Creep. You gotta be a libertarian. <laughs> no one's gonna get this. No, I, I, yeah, I do the libertarian. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Jordan no. Peterson bit on the podcast, but yeah, um, yeah. No gatekeeping bad, sharing knowledge good. Yeah. And yeah, like I think from an outsider looking in, it seems nearly impossible, but it's it's fucking not like mm, no, it's it's really. It's pretty easy once you, like, know who to talk to, and I hopefully with this podcast we can help you at least point you in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, the, the first thing to get out of the way is uh, the biggest hills to climb are going to be all of your time. <laughs> like, there's a yeah. lot of hurry up and wait. So there's, like, intense yeah. periods of productivity and working super hard, and then, like, months of, like, twiddling your fingers, questioning your reality, and if you made the right choice. So, Mm. like, there's a bit of that. So there's going to be time, and then the other hill to climb is uh, all of your money. Yes. So there's there's a lot of that. So those those are the two bars for entry. Everything else is stuff that you can easily overcome and or outsource. Like, I guess a good example, if we're starting right at the beginning of making a toy, is getting your sculpt prepared. And me personally, I'm not good at sculpting. So I, I outsourced it to two, two gentlemen who are good at sculpting. So even something like that where you start with your idea and like in your brain, in your mind's eye, you can see what it looks like and you may not have the skills to produce that first copy, that, that, that hard copy to make your toy from, you can find someone who can. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that's very true. And even I think even before a sculpt, uh, like Colm and I do this all the time, we'll throw ideas back and forth. Oh yeah. And a toy before we even pick up clay has probably gone over like five or six like mental passes. Because mm-hmm. yeah. we'll have ideas that sound really good the next day. It's like, oh man, that that will never sell. Nobody likes um, that. The worst thing we ever thought of. Yeah, like we tend to go like way too far with the toy idea and like basically design an action figure and then like step it back from there and be like okay well how can we do this in Safubi like actually yes Uh, yeah very much so and I think uh that might sound really like not innocuous like really abstract or nebulous to people who haven't ever designed a toy there's like Safubi's come so far like uh yeah, you know, like ball joints and stuff like oh, yeah. in in the necks and shit. Like uh, who is that? Zolman. Yeah, Zolman does that on the. Oh, was it the demigod or demi king? Demi king. Yeah. Or even uh, like complicated sculpts like you got on your uh, your shelf over there, Mirak. Like something super complicated, with lots of hard angles and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like obviously, there's been for anyone who doesn't know, Mirak does a lot of like mecha style design work. Um, it would be good to describe on an audio podcast. Oh my <laughs> God above. Lots of hard angles, lots of sharp points on things. When yeah. you look at maybe like the tradition of like Kaiju and like other, uh, Tokusatsu, Tokusatsu like, stuff. Yeah. They're, they're less like Mecha and more just like a person in a suit. Uh, but, uh, like it's hard to say cause like, you know, the, the diaper on like Gundams, you know, it's like the <laughs> Pardon me? <laughs> yeah, it's the no. diaper. Your RX seven eight dash two just steps one leg each into a diaper. <laughs> oh, every morning, man. <laughs> oh, like sort of the way the crotch piece is. Yeah, yeah, the crotch yeah. piece like the I guess it's like a, a metal skirt or whatever, right, right. but uh, I refer to it as a diaper. Like oh uh, I I guess kind of first tip is this is maybe jumping ahead a little bit, but like if you're if you're sculpting something and you're like, the joint is at the waist, always hold it like the way the joint is like up upside down because then you can see like what's going to be like going against the pole yeah like actually that's a good tip for like for early sculpts and getting into sculpting and there's lots of great youtube videos describing how to make silicone molds yeah and even if you have no intentions of doing any resin stuff watch a video on how silicone molds are produced to understand how the the way your mold has to be shaped so you're not going to get air pockets yeah when you're pulling your toy because certain shapes and certain angles are impossible to do if you're you know if your head or i guess we're using the head as the example if it isn't like designed the right way you might have a pocket where there's an undercut or there's an edge that just is impossible because of the way it's shaped Absolutely, absolutely, and even even with like the advances and what people can do and do clever things like with mold placements, uh, we can talk a little bit about molds later on. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, you have to be really careful about angles of things because you have to consider where the parts getting pulled from. For anybody who has ever taken apart a softwoobie or other like vinyl toy, everything's attached to what they call male and female joints. These are just really simple joint systems. It's like a plug in a socket basically, and you have to consider the part you might be building. Like if you or doing like a, I don't know, like a like an orc or something, and you've got a shoulder with a bunch of spikes on it, you have to be careful about how far the spikes are going uh, away from the joint because likely the piece will have to hang uh, not horizontally but vertically. Yeah, it, it, it's going to hang at a weird way, but like I, I think what Logan was saying, like looking up uh, resin casting videos, that's specifically like Brick in the Yard, I find is mm. a really good YouTube channel 
really boring though like mm. it it covers everything so in-depthly is it that... one where you kind of put it on two times speed yeah you bastard um <laughs> leave them in doing it raw yeah mm. uh, do it live yeah uh <laughs> fuck sakes i can't remember a uh, brick in the yard um and also there's an artist uh i was showing you his stuff earlier logan uh, Steven Ferrara or Ferrari or something like that. He has a YouTube channel uh, and he only has like five videos, but he goes in depth too about like how to design like a, a, a modern like toy with like minimal joints. Uh, it's, it's really interesting though. It's far more interesting than brick in the yard. Mm. So I think a lot of those, those online resources for like designer toys and home designer toys are applicable uh, to go back what you're talking about, Logan, if you can't sculpt in something yourself. Oh, oh he's cracking there. He's cracking the starlight. Yeah. Sorry, oh, I didn't, I didn't hey. want this to like go over you. No, no, we were drinking the uh, zero sugar Coca-Cola starlight. Mm, to industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it's like being uh, old adults. We need to drink zero sugar now. Oh, it tastes like shit. <laughs> um, yeah, if you don't know how to sculpt, uh, you can go a couple avenues. Uh, like, Colin and I had some rough ideas about how to sculpt because we've always been creatively inclined people though looking at original sculpts to where we are now is there's a huge leap mind you that's been over the course of five or six years of continuous working you might discover maybe you're really good at sculpting um you might find that that's something that really works for you so don't be afraid to try it and then if you find it's also not working if you can't get the thing that you want to do you can outsource you can outsource to people i think this is probably uh timeline wise like the the best like first step design your toy look mm-hmm. at like how to how to design a toy that is pullable um and then either sculpt it or get someone else to sculpt it and if you're gonna sculpt it fucking sandpaper <laughs> sandpaper is like your best friend yeah lots of sandpaper. you know some people can do like amazing sculpts uh, uh just out the gate and mm-hmm. like it's perfect i, I we can't no we constantly are just sand sanding, sanding the shit tool marks <laughs> yep <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, like, creating a cohesive, like, design doc and concept for, like, what you want to make. So if, if you if you aren't comfortable sculpting or you, or you attempt it and you end up with something that just, like, isn't your vision and you do decide to, you know, find someone who can sculpt and, and strike up a deal and pay them for their work and get something made for you, um, you're going to want to bring them all the information they need. Um, more than that (laughs) yeah you're going to want to give them a google drive full of all sorts of (laughs) pictures and napkin sketches and sizes (laughs) and concepts and And if you could do like a turnaround too that's amazing for sculpting like the stuff that we've done for other people is it's it's always asking for like what does the backside look like yeah what does that guy's (laughs) butt look like because we're not quite sure yeah (laughs) And I think, you know, you make a good point, Logan, like having all that raw material, because inevitably, uh, if you are getting somebody else to sculpt for you, they're going to, they're not going to be able to see the thing that you were imagining in your mind, because you've been thinking about it maybe for years, mm-hmm. somebody else, they're getting it totally fresh and they're not sure. And, and so, they're getting the bullet point version of it where it's exactly. like, I want this, 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 and this, and then all of the, uh. All of the minutiae between those bullet points is stuff that you need to sort of suss out and figure out with your sculptor and mm-hmm. figure, figure out what your vision looks like through their lens kind of thing. Absolutely. And, and don't be afraid to talk to multiple sculptors or even people who can do 3D sculpting. Like there's lots of ways to turn a 3D model or render into Sophobie 
because mm-hmm. you just need to be able to print it. There's there's other steps there involved too, though. Yeah. There's lots of guys who are doing that. Just get rid of those fucking print lines. <laughs> oh Christ Almighty! Just do that, please. Sand those down. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, maybe, or even stylistically, maybe you want something where a person does traditional sculpting work, or maybe you want somebody who's going to do three D things. Because anybody who's listening to this podcast, I'm sure, has some some concept of being able to look at a 3D sculpt versus like a hand sculpt, there is, to me at least, maybe now more a stylistic choice between those two worlds than mm-hmm. it is like mm-hmm. noticing the faults of one or the pluses of the other. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like preferential and like to taste and, you know, totally and entirely uh, subjective. But like, yeah, the things people are capable of doing with digital sculpting is mind-blowing and incredible oh yeah and the things people are capable of doing with their own two hands is mind-blowing and incredible and i think like both have their merits and both have their flaws and like maybe there's something slightly more organic about something that was sculpted by hand versus something that is you know technically perfect because it's you know a digital sculpt but it's all i mean it's all your vision right it's whatever it ends up looking like is you know what you're striving to make so absolutely oh sorry oh i was just to say and with that, with that being said, I mean, like, I mean, if if you need some some sculpt work done, hit us up. Oh, <laughs> you soliciting? Your yeah. boy there, King Hideous. Uh, uh, we're Canadians who are real cheap. Yeah, so we're affordable because hey. the American dollar is worth like seventeen times as much as the Canadian. One. Christ, oh, God, Christ, I know what I'm saying. Uh, there's a uh, did, before maybe move on to the next point. I wanted to talk about the the physical things that you can get people to sculpt in. So. We use something mm. called Super Sculpey. It's an oil-based polymer clay that bakes. You can get it at any art store. It's a little expensive because, you know, supply chain, state of the world, general calamity. Though, it's really great stuff. We've tried a couple other materials, and it's just what we're most comfortable with. Yeah. Um, that's what we have done. Our sculpts, sculpts for other people. Yeah. In my, uh, in my miniature work... Uh, I've used a lot of milliput and green stuff. Those are two mm-hmm. materials, and those are uh, like two-part epoxies essentially that cure and harden over time. So you don't bake them in the oven, but you just you know shape them to the way you want them to be, and then they cure over time. They air dry and cure. Um, I don't know how many people are using those tools in their toy sculpts for Sofubi, but I feel like it's a good product if you know how to use it. Absolutely. Well, and you know what? Like, there don't be afraid to mix. Uh, physical mediums either like mm-hmm. some people do use like uh, Daniel Yu uses a lot of uh, uh, for his small resin pieces and he's done some uh, some vinyl through Unbox Daniel mm-hmm. Yu does really cool stuff where he uses two part epoxy and he sculpts in really small 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 scale oh my god he has really so tiny tiny like you know two inch toys and he'll do a, a section of a face let it go sand it get it ready and do a next section so he works in really small increments which is really interesting mm-hmm. uh, some guys use two part epoxy to make hard things like teeth so you can place it in soft clay oh uh, that's smart yeah, yeah. or um, or that um oh i can't think of what they're called now they're like wax beads or whatever that you put in hot water oh um, yeah and then a lot of people use those for teeth but uh another like a larger version of two part of the like green stuff and two part epoxy is uh epoxy sculpt it comes in like larger just larger amounts for like oh, 50 like those jars yeah like 50 bucks kind of thing and uh same thing as milliput or right green stuff really and that those materials are great because they're sandable and they're they're really quite strong when they're done curing uh super sculpting what we use is 
Pardon me? Oh my god. Uh, like Starlight's coming out. Starlight's. <laughs> Starlight! There's a whole galaxy of burps inside me. Hey, son of a gun. Uh, it's not... I wouldn't say it's like super fragile. It's definitely not super strong. It's something you gotta mm-hmm. be careful with. Um, yeah. Interesting thing. Some people sculpt out of wood. I believe Miroc sculpts a lot of things out of wood. Uh, yeah. Or like as a wood base or whatever. Like to get those really fine edges and lines and... Yeah. Uh, sorry, you were saying, though. Oh, no, sorry. No, that's okay. Yeah, like getting those nice hard lines. I think Miroc also uses clay. Uh, KTO, KTO, really nice dude named Kento. He's doing well in the Fubi world. He does lots of sculpt work for people. I'm pretty sure he was a student of Miroc. And I've held a raw sculpt that uh, KTO did for Johan Tattoo through Death Cat Toys, I think mm-hmm. is his imprint. Yep. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was, we, my wife and I traveled to Japan often, as I've told on the podcast before, and one of our visits, we were hanging with Corey Science Patrols, who's a previous guest, and we were at uh, Corey's um, studio, and he had some raw sculpts there, and he picked up the sculpt for the Death Mace. If for anybody who's familiar with that, that particular toy, it's a two-part toy, it's pretty interesting looking. If you haven't seen it, go look at it, it's really cool. And he picked it up, he handed it to me, and it's super light because it's made out of some sort of really light, fairly soft wood and clay, because it was easier to get the shape of the handle and do all the hard uh, texture like on the on the hand grip on the grip out of wood because that's what you would you would make a real mace out of anyways right yeah that's cool it was really cool and he he jointed it together the raw sculpture was jointed together like a little pin to make sure everything lined up nicely and that's what he handed off to Corey and then there were some other pieces that we had there that Corey was showing us from other makers that were uh, just straight up sculpty some people in Japan use paper uh, clay, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of works like your regular, like, uh, wed clay, like your uh, pottery clay. Oh, okay. It just dries over time. There, there's monster clay also. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with all that being said, like, whatever you can find, like, you could make a toy out of, right? Like, there's people who fucking do, like, paper mache, and you can do a paper mache clay. Yeah. Like, there's lots of stuff out there. Whatever you can get. Just make a toy out of it. Splurt, uh, uh, Joe, that's his, his human name. Splurt is his toy <laughs> imprint. He made a toy called the Met Golem, and he used uh, red clay from a riverbank to make it. Because, that's really fucking cool. Yeah, it's yeah. dope. Like, oh, yeah. you know, if for nothing else, and it's just a cool part of, like, the story, because the Met Golem is a... Uh, 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 it's the play on the Jewish golem, right? Yeah. I think the, that's its proper name, the Met Golem. Yeah. comes from the story, and it does. It was supposed to be made from riverbank clay. So looking at the toy, like unless you knew, you might not realize. Though it's just an interesting part of it. So there's lots of ways to make mm-hmm. a toy. So get your original idea. Find somebody who can sculpt it. If you can't sculpt it, and uh, just be open to whatever way that they might be doing it, because there's yeah. lots of really great ways to make toys. And every step is going to cost money. Yes. I, I Even if it, that's like your own time versus money, or like someone else's time and the money to pay them, like, well. Absolutely. And so, uh, the back end of a sculpt too, at least the way that we do it, a sculpt isn't just like done when you're like, oh, okay, I've got the piece, I've got to, to look the way I want it to. We could tell you about like the sculpting process, but there's that's a big long thing. We'd be here all night. Mm-hmm. If you are interested in any of the things that we've talked about, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to this episode and look up like Super Sculpey, Monster Clay, Epoxy Sculpt, Epoxy Sculpting, Monster Oh, you said yeah. Monster Clay. Fuck! 
<laughs> you fool. Ah, oh, damn it. Because each of those mediums have their own workflow. Uh, so that's going to cost money. Uh, getting tools is going to cost money. What we do at the end of a sculpt is after we've got everything in place, we made sure all the joints line up nicely and everything's flat, we surface it. So you go from the, because we use Super Sculpey, that's what we could talk about. We use a blend of uh, hard and soft Super Sculpey. Uh, so the original clay sculpture looks really kind of ridiculous because it's sometimes pink and gray and marbled and kind of weird looking. And then we surface it with Mr. Hobby Surfacer, which is a, like a primer for anybody who, who might do Gundam models or, uh, or Gundam toys, as they say in France, baby. In France? <laughs> That's yeah. the French term, Gundam toys? Uh, yeah, you better that. believe it, you son of a bitch. Oh God, France is just the worst. It's the worst. And we put a surfacer on, and then we do a top coat of usually black, and then uh, a final gloss coat. And that's a really nice way to, like, get it cohesive looking. You can observe, you're like, oh, okay, now, like, I really get what it looks like. Because mm -hmm. I'm not, I wouldn't say you're flying blind up to that point, because obviously you're touching the thing and holding yeah. it, you're understanding it. Though it really does, like, bring it all together in a really nice way when, you, when you've top coat of the thing and you're mm -hmm. like oh, okay i can see it all as one cohesive color yeah, yeah. some guy and looking pretty yeah that's yeah, really you, nice you get like a good like yeah it, just look from all perspectives of what it would look like as one main color and like a good understanding of how the hand feel of it is i will never stress this enough like always try and have a really good hand feel on your toy mm -hmm. you know like oh there's nothing better than you pick up that toy from your box that shipping was too goddamn much for and you you finally have it in your hands and you're like oh goddamn Sh shipping that was a hundred dollars <laughs> for three Fuck different it. legs of the journey and then 80 bucks in duty at the border yeah oh lord above help us for a 50 dollar toy yay that's the best yeah so i i love spending 300 and 380 dollars to yeah it's my favorite I love the idea of, you oh. know, having to sell four just to pay for the shipping. <laughs> so butts. Yeah. Uh, some people, so, sorry, real quick with Surfacer. Again, this is things you can look up. A lot of this is borrowed from uh, classical sculpting or uh, certain parts of, like, hobby modeling. Some people will use some kind of Surfacer, Sandoval Surfacer. We, again, Mr. Hobby, we use Mr. Surfacer 1500 grit because it's a really fine grit. Some people will sand that to get a really nice cohesive full top because you can micro sand that. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, some people will do like, they'll put down white and then they'll put down black and they'll sand because having the two colors, you can see how much black you've sanded off so you right, can see where right, you've gone right. with the white. We don't do that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going blind, maybe. Well, we've asked people about how to do it and everybody's like, yeah, man, you just use like a little, uh, a little bit of this or a little bit of that and it's like, for us, at least, by the time we finish a sculpt, it's like, this is this is literally hours, weeks, sometimes months of work. Like, we're not going to risk fucking it up because we're not quite sure how to sand this thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So, we just, we just, we're really meticulous as we're doing the sculpting phase to make sure there's no weird things that are going to mm -hmm. catch or be funny when we finally get there. So, okay, so you're finally at that point where you've got your sculpt finished and you've got it top-coated and ready and sealed and ready to go, or maybe you've got that 3D file and you've got it sent off and it's printed somewhere. The next step from there is working with a producer. The three of us use producers in Japan. We all do uh, Japanese soft vinyl. Mm. Yeah, so there's, I guess, 
a couple different schools and a couple different countries you can you can go with. So like you could get your toy produced through someone in the states. Like does Lulubell does Unbox do that as well? Just yeah. Lulubell. Uh, Lulubell does it. Toy Art Gallery does it. Unbox, yeah. Yeah. So there's a handful of producers in the states that'll help you out, and they've got their factories and they produce stateside, um, or some of them can act as liaisons to Japan. So you can get toys pulled in America or use an American company to help so you get your toys. Mile High Safubi yeah, is specifically an American yeah, Safubi producer. Um, so you could do that. There is the China route, which is you know finding a contact in China to get your toy produced there, which that's going to be cheaper than probably going through the States or going through definitely cheaper than going through Japan. Mm-hmm. Cause I would say that's probably the most expensive route. Um, and with, with the, with getting it produced in China, um, there are websites that help you reach out to like directly to factories in China. Like the obvious one is AliExpress. Yeah. Like you could, or Alibaba, you could find searching on there, just find anyone who produces toys and vinyl toys and contact that factory and say, Hey, I've got my, digital file this is what i want to do and they'll send you a quote uh or you could maybe try reaching out to some of the glios makers because most glios i think all the glios dudes get their toys produced in china yeah. so you know the the toy pizzas of the world the matt dowdies of the world all of the the onel um like makers might be able to point you in the right direction if they've got a connection or you can start asking those people and picking their brains um there's a bunch of producers in mexico there's yep. two that i know of um so you could reach out to them and get your toy produced in Mexico. And again, like all of these toys are going to feel slightly different, like an American vinyl versus a Chinese vinyl versus a Mexican vinyl. They're all going to have a different feel. And then the final one is finding someone in Japan to do your toy, uh, which is going to be expensive, but the quality will be so good. Yeah, they're, uh, that's not to say any one is any better than the other. The three of us, we've talked about it before, is that, that there's part of it is that, that lineage, part of it is that heritage Part of it is uh, uh, maybe looking at things with rose-colored glasses, and, or the own, and the ways that we've interacted with Japan as a country and as a culture and toy collecting. There's lots there. The reason we 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 go to Japan because we like those products that they produce there. So yeah. the type of production, generally across all these, is what's called slush casting. Having said that, there are some makers in China who use a different sort of form, like unbox. Does rotocast? It's kind. It's kind of like a heated rotocast. They still use some sort of a, a polyvinyl carbonate, a PVC or like mm-hmm. soft vinyl. But there's, if anyone, like, you could go look it up. You could look up on Unbox's Instagram. Yeah, there's or, like videos. Yeah, well, you see that their molds are uh, sort of like cages held around a single piece, and you pour uh, vinyl into it, and it goes into what looks kind of like an oven. This might sound a little strange trying to describe it to you. I would encourage you to go look up videos versus in Japan. There's lots of videos of how they do slush casting in Japan. Mm-hmm. A lot of that's really cool. You can. We were just watching some the other night. There's If you look up like Sofubi, S-O-F-U-B-I Japan on YouTube, you're going to find videos. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's come a long way even in the last five or six years about how accessible the information is. Uh, so it's... A f- Fairly, I the way I describe it to people who don't know, like in my professional life, uh, outside of like making toys and being like a dirty death metal dude, uh, I describe to people that it's a very punk rock style of toy making because it's really super like small, small scale stuff. You don't need a whole lot of people, you don't need a whole lot of moving parts. You, it's not made in a giant factory. 
lot of yeah. the places in Japan, like where uh, we get our stuff done with Corey and Science Patrols, he works, the factory that he does a lot of work at uh, is an attachment on a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's the, like someone's garage, essentially. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. It, it's somehow still like DIY. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's got this, and I think that, that tradition of that, like very DIY, very punk rock kind of intimacy, you, you feel that in the toy. I mean, like maybe that's very romantic or nostalgic or whatever. I might be, you know, making the whole thing more magical than it actually is though to me like i do feel like you it's nice to know that you went from a sculpt to somebody got it wherever you're producing it for the sake of the conversation we'll talk about doing in japan uh that somebody like Corey, who gives a shit about your toys gets it and they go okay now they're going to go to the next step they see that through they make it happen and then eventually you get your toy back and you have like a toy and it's really cool yeah, so if we're if we're breaking it back down into the steps as sort of the ABCs, mm, yes. so we've we finished our sculpt and we're at the point where you're mailing off your sculpt to whoever is going to do the next step, whatever country that may be, whatever person that is, and they're receiving your your hard sculpt, your 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 base. So the next step is going to be waxing and jointing. Mm. So they're going to take your toy and they're going to ever so carefully um, make a silicone mold to make a wax copy of your toy. And from that wax copy, they're going to polish it up and make it as perfect as possible. And they're going to add the flashing and the uh, male and female joints necessary to, one, be able to pull your toy from the mold once the mold is made. um, And two, to be able to, you know, size up and make sure everything fits together. Um, And that's like some intense math that I still don't even understand. (laughs) Some wizardry. Yeah, that is some, yeah, yeah, occult-like wizardry. Um... (laughs) Yeah, it uh, it's it's another another expense as well. So yeah, like the, mm. the biggest thing it's a, it's another expense on both your time and your money because you're gonna you're gonna wait a long time. Your toy's gonna get there and then you're in the queue uh, for whenever you're up next to get your your waxing and jointing done, and it's another expense. So at this point, your first bill is paying your sculptor well for producing the toy that you want, or if you're a badass who's good at sculpting, you did it yourself and you have a fucking dope toy that was all you, baby then you're going to wax and joining stage. And again, this is another expensive part. So hurry up and wait. And also here's an expensive invoice. Um, but it's, you know, it's worth the money. So like they're, they're doing the, the maintenance on your piece that is necessary for it to work when it's all said and done. And people do toy with um, producing their own waxing and jointing. Mm-hmm. I would say you're a mad lad if you want to attempt that. I would say if this is your first toy... Get, let someone else do it. Let, yeah, let yeah, a pro yeah. do that. Very much so. I, I'd say the only person I think has done it successfully, like all on their own, is probably Wonder Goblin. Mm. Uh, at Wonder Goblin on Instagram, uh, he has a bunch of like posts about him doing like all that himself, and it's he, he's a great resource too. Um, but I I think something that we talked about is all this is going to cost money, and yeah, hurry up and wait. It's going to take years L- longer yeah <laughs> way longer than you think mm-hmm. um you know i i like to go with the rule someone tells you it's going to take six months it's probably going to take nine yeah uh and that's still quick yeah yeah and you, you make a good point because they're like like logan was saying there's a queue um having said that the producers that we're working with now have been pretty good <laughs> yeah 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 
there's there for anybody who's really interested there's there's a well-documented story about how long Colin and i waited for our first toy we're not going to get into that that's a big long thing yeah uh, you should check it out on ultra radical <laughs> or fuck that you, you should check my, it out my youtube channel is dead <laughs> how dare you say its name on earlier episodes of good morning toy world yeah yeah the whole saga of of you rescuing your toy from the depths of despair yeah and screaming a whole bunch into yeah. the microphone do i tell the breakup story i don't know if i, I think, told I think you told the breakup did story. i tell yeah, the breakup story sure here? yeah oh well okay well then if i did go back and listen to the story so um having a producer like and, and realize that these these people who might be producing a toy depending on where you're doing it might be really busy we're, yeah. we're very fortunate that we have talked to met or had pretty good interactions with specifically Corey if we're talking about him though a big part of it too like and this is something that doesn't necessarily cost money this is something that's more about your time and your emotional investment is like get to know that person who's handling your toy a good relationship will take you a long way even Mm -hmm. if the even if good relationship is like hey we have a good working business ethos like Mm -hmm. you pay them on time they produce the thing as you want it uh, we will tell you as people who have had a part not come out the way that we wanted it, that really sucks and that throws everything back. Mm-hmm. And Like six months? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. So have that good relationship with your producer, whoever it is, and wherever they're doing it, have good communication, pay your bills on time, and you'll be laughing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, like remember that they're a person too. You know, like, yeah, this is their job, but like their their job isn't their life, right? They have everything else around yeah, the job that <laughs> yeah, yeah, hate watching their Instagram <laughs> stories. Yeah, <laughs> you're posting an awful lot of lunch pics, <laughs> having a really good time. Yeah, <laughs> that must be fun. Where's you my toy? You bastard made my toy. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I, like, I would say a good first step for someone finding someone to work with is like if you have a good rapport as a collector. Like if you're going from a fan to a maker, and it's like you love Sofubi and you love collecting, and you want to, you know, have that idea that's in the back of your skull. Mm-hmm out into the world and a physical thing that exists if you have like a good rapport and like a dm conversation with like any makers that you collect just talk to them like mm-hmm. honestly like if there's if there's someone you've met at an event and you you've had a you know a nice exchange and you're on a first first name dm basis kind of thing and you chat every now and then if maybe that's your first stop being like hey i'm considering making a so- sophobie do you have any recommendations? Who would you work with? Like, can you point me in the right direction? And this is, I guess, the litmus test for gatekeeping. If that person hits you with a nah, <laughs> then fuck them. They, they may be one of the old blood. Uh, and if they hit you with a yah and, you know, tell you who to talk to, then you're well on your way. Because, like, um, the, honestly, like, if, if it's a maker that, you know, you have a decent enough rapport with, they should point you in the right direction. And they certainly won't point you towards someone who you shouldn't work with. Because yeah. if they've been burned, they'll tell you who not to work with. That's yeah. for sure. Oh, for sure. I, I would say, yeah, listen to those stories of, like, uh, disenfranchisement, you know? Like, mm. I, some people, like, I fucking hate Sofubi, but I still make it. Like, understand why. Because sometimes, yeah, you wait two years for a toy or five years for a toy or, like, it... And Eternity. <laughs> yeah. You wait too long, parts don't come out the way that you thought they were going to or just... A bunch of shit, right? But that's a part of all of it. Is that yeah. The end product isn't necessarily what you had originally put in because there's things that need to change to make sure that your toy works. 
Oh, absolutely. And, and that and that's, I think, a very important thing to be aware of. In the wax stage, you might hear back from your producer and they might say, hey, the foot on your monster is a little weird. The lean is, it's got a lean or something. We'll say that's a pretty yeah. good example of something you might see, especially if you didn't be really careful with leveling your toy because there's an art to making sure your toy will transfer into vinyl. It might mm -hmm. work in clay. It might bounce really well in clay. But because vinyl is a different material and you go from a, a solid thing to a hollow thing, it's going to be different. So trust your producer. If they say, hey, there's a weird lean on this or maybe this part's going to be a little goofy, go with it. You know, mm -hmm. any of the producers who are worth their salt are going to be able to spot those things and see them. Uh, even things that we might think are really innocuous. Uh, yeah. You know, like let's say you're, you're sculpting a monster with a big mouth full of teeth and it's got teeth sticking out everywhere. If it's getting pulled from the neck usually so like the base of the neck where it attached to the body you have to turn that piece upside down and invert it and if you have teeth pointing the other way back up towards like That's if you're gonna have create teeth, yeah. air bubbles and like like we talked about with uh with watching like a silicone mold making things exactly. like yeah they might spot something that you didn't think as you rotated your you know your sculpt a thousand times making sure it it makes sense you know there might be something that you missed but they don't so yeah and you know they'll be looking for those those issues and they'll course correct and help you course correct and like when you get to the wax stage uh it's entirely acceptable to be a, a bit of a maniac and be like hey can i have you know turnaround photos of every single piece of my wax <laughs> from every angle humanly possible um because you know you want to look those things over and you want to be a hundred percent before you green light the next stage and um, but yeah, any, any producer, you know, worth their salt is going to keep an eye out for any issues mm -hmm. that are going to be a problem, you know, once we get to stage three, I guess the next part. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and just before going to stage three, again, coming back to why we've chosen to work in Japan, there is that strong pedigree of really solid work that people mm -hmm. look at something and they'll do the best they can. Sometimes like if you've sent over a sculpt that maybe will pull, okay, you also have to realize certain things about jointing. Mm -hmm. or scale weight distribution though they're gonna walk you through that again if they're worth their salt so yeah uh, uh, just one last thing before we go on to num topic three uh the way you joint things is probably going to be different than the way that it's going to be jointed as a soft vinyl toy mm. like i w when we got the dungeon beast back and the shoulders were way different than we thought yeah. Uh, you know, we thought, we were like, yeah, this is exactly how it's going to go. And it was completely different. And at first, like, I don't know about you, I can't speak for you, but I was like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> and I was like, mad. Uh, but it, it works. It, you know, everyone else out there doesn't know the painstaking hours that you have just stared at, like, a sculptor, pictures of a sculptor, 3D sculpt. You know, like, they're going to see it and go, like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, the secrets, the mystery of what it was and what it's become. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Nobody's yeah. going to know those things. And that's part of your journey as a toy maker. Maybe that's the butts. Oh, mm -hmm. that's the wrap up thought. Your journey as a toy maker. We're walking you through it. And at the end, it'll be up to you. <laughs> yeah, your, your path to forge. But uh, yeah, so part three would be uh, probably getting your first. Your test uh, shot. Yeah, your test shot. Well, I think uh, even before that. The mold making, the metal mold making oh, yeah. is something yep. to describe. So, yeah, yeah. you yeah, paid yeah. for your sculpt. Now you've done the wax. Wax is super, super important because anything that's in the wax is going to be in, in the mold. toy. It's going to yeah, be in the mold forever. Yeah. So they've they've you know they've added on the the male and female bits to your joints. They've they've taken your wax and turning that wax into the rack mold. 
the slush mold that's going to get used. The uh, the quick and dirty uh, description or explanation of how it's done is they essentially dump molten metal on your wax. Your wax evaporates, <laughs> leaving the cavity where uh, your toy would be. What? Not even close. What? what? Not even what? close. What? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, they, they electroplate it, and then they fucking make it. What? Yeah, but what? they don't just dump they it do. on there. It's, it's like electro... Hold on, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> fucking just throw molten metal on your shit, man. Hey, brother. Okay, well, you tell it how it is, and then I'll tell it exactly how I was going to tell it. <laughs> okay, sorry. You're, right. Okay. Oh, uh, no, okay. sorry, sorry, sorry. We're sorry. being real okay. Yeah, we're being bastards. Right we're being real little hat bastards. Yeah, so this uh, this uh, maker <laughs> episode is so they can insult my intelligence, so <laughs> this doesn't happen to you when you uh, are telling people about gate, your toy keep, journey. Gate, keep, keep, <laughs> Toys, you fucking idiot. <laughs> no, that's really rude. I'm sorry. Oh, um, no, yeah. So, electroplating. Oh, the Starlight Coca-Cola. Uh, electroplating. At least the way that we understand it. Maybe it's different. Maybe we're wrong. We're probably wrong. We might be wrong. Uh, I'm not just saying that because I'm within arm's reach of Logan. <laughs> Is that He's striking distance. So that uh, they take it into electroplate. They take the wax that they put hours sometimes days of work into and they go to uh, a mold maker so the first step in mold making is to take the parts and suspend them from an electrified uh, suspension rig and dip it into a liquid solution that has microparticles of nickel it creates yeah, you, an electrical current oh my god you're missing the very first part what the fuck they spray they spray the wax with a metal because if you just put oh, the wax right. in there with nothing the, the metal's not going to attach oh. to anything. Oh. So the, the nickel bath, yeah. uh, after you spray the wax, you, you, you put it into the nickel bath, and it takes, like, I, I, from what I've heard, like a week or something to just do, like, one layer. Um, and then, yeah, it's, and then, then they, from there. They on. take it out of the, the nickel bath. They, do they nickel. dump molten metal on it, your wax <laughs> evaporates, and you're left with a cavity that was once your wax and is now where your toy's going to be made from. Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. 100%. The reason they use nickel is because nickel's a slick surface and it'll make it easier. It, that's why your vinyl is glossy because the nickel is uh, smooth, so it's going to be glossy. They take the nickel-plated part, which is, is super fragile at that stage because it's a super thin layer of nickel, and then they submerge that in a copper bath, and you, they do the same thing. The copper is what gives it strength and rigidity. They bust that bad mother out, and then they... Your your molds are basically made. They have to go then attach it to a die, which is uh, what looks like a flat piece of metal on top and then a cage underneath with a handle. They attach it, they adhere it so that now all your parts are on the die. Uh, again, if you this might sound sort of strange to try and describe. If you look up like Sophobie mold, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's, a, it's quite a thing. Mm -hmm. You can see a lot of videos too. And then they blast it and they melt the wax out like, like Logan's talking about. So literally, again, hours, days of work super meticulous hard work that somebody's done and they just melts. dump molten metal all over it <laughs> and then the I, wax is gone i guess logan you know we're we're being exhaustive about it yeah. logan just wants to get on to the next part fuck dude i think i've made my point <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh good clean fun yeah, yeah so they they blast it and now they've got this thing and, and then you get your first test pull out of it you know what's interesting oh yeah, that, yeah. uh even before there's like your artist proof, your test pull, your test shot, there's a secret one that 
almost no makers ever see because the mold makers do a test to make sure the like mold using your silicone mold they do they no they do with the vinyl they the mold makers at the mold making factories have a little bath where they'll slush cast then they've got a little bit of japan uses something called cobasol cobasol is just pvc mm-hmm. this is the good stuff they'll do a secret one uh secret in quotations they'll do one there to make sure the mold works because sometimes they might have to adjust weight or maybe a part sitting funny and it's catching bubbles mm. so they might have to move it they do one there and i fucking had no idea that that happened so somewhere in japan there's like a phantom copy of basically every toy that's sitting at a mold maker's place for the most part hmm. if they keep them like uh uh there's a, a fantastic person in the community who does really great photography with lulu bell toys uh robert under manic images on instagram wealth of knowledge about the toy world super super nice person really really yeah. cool please go support them uh and robert was telling me about um because i just cold dm'd him one day i was like talk to me on the internet he's like all right i guess <laughs> and we ended up video chatting for like three hours and he was telling me about his experiences in japan where he saw this because he went to a mold maker and he was like why are there toys here mm-hmm. it's because there's a they just do a test shot just to see you know, like, does everything going to work? And if it's good, then they send it off to the factory where, like, Corey works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they'll get a test copy. And that's a really exciting moment because finally, you know, literally tens of thousands of dollars depending on what <laughs> your toy is. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't be dumb. Don't make a fucking big toy oh, your yeah. first we, go we, around. Yeah, we were going to talk about some oh, of the yeah. potential pitfalls of, of toy making. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe we can circle back around to the yeah, pitfalls. Yeah. So like once your once your rack mold ends up at the factory, then you're at the point, you know, we're now two or three invoices in oh, and yeah. it's time to get your toy produced. So you'll get you'll get your first test shot photo showing your completed toy and then it's time to rock and roll. So you place your order and then you hurry up and wait and you know, a month or two goes by and then a box of your toys will arrive. Um Yeah. Yeah, and then so, yeah, your your experience unboxing your first toy. Um, <laughs> I can't speak to this because right now my toy has finally shown up. Uh, it is back in Victoria where I live. I'm here in Edmonton. And I won't be home for another week, so that's cool. Yay! Um, <laughs> Reggie is sitting there. But uh, w- can you tell the people about opening your first box of toys after you've gone through all of these steps to to get your toy fully realized? As you would. There's, there's sort of a weird story there because I kind of had that twice, but I'll let you go first. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Brendan, you you got that twice. For me, at least, it was like, you know, I don't know, as dumb and cliche as it sounds, it was like Christmas Day. Mm. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. this wild thing where you're just like, you know what you're getting, but at the same time, you're like, what am I going to get? Mm. You know, like, is it going to be the thing that I think it is? Yes and no. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's so so good and then the smell like yeah <laughs> I, I i'm sure a lot of people do this but like smelling of fucking soft vinyl toy is like crack <laughs> it's yeah, insane it's like, kind of spicy spicy yeah. that's how i describe it <laughs> that hard um, chemical smell but yeah you're yeah. you're gonna get your toy and it's gonna be all in pieces <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah it is not gonna be fully assembled um Unless you pay extra, is that a thing people do? Can you can, we, yeah. yeah. Um, you can get them put together at the factory. Yeah, so you're gonna get a bag of if your if your toy is like a humanoid figure, like arms, legs, heads kind of thing, um, with all the flashing on, and you'll have to trim off all the flash and put them all together and mm-hmm. assemble an army of uh, 
you know, an army of your lads. That cardboard box that you get it in, and cut a hole in it, and get a blow dryer or a heat gun, and just stuff that in there and let it go for like 20 minutes. But don't accidentally melt anything. Yeah. <laughs> don't get, let anything don't, be too close. Yeah, don't sort of burn your fucking So yeah, yeah, I guess for those who, who, if this is, you know, your first one-on-one on Sofubi stuff, um, it becomes more malleable with heat. And yeah. so you would be using a heat gun or a hairdryer or something to warm up um, your pieces to slot them together. And then what was your advice for male and female joints? Like if, say if you have a body that's all circular holes that you're then putting the male arm parts or the male leg parts or head parts into, which side do you heat? Which side do you? Mm, mm. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And sorry, real quick. I uh, uh, didn't mean to leave it as like a cliffhanger. So uh, what Calm was talking about, yes, I agree with everything Calm said about it. It does feel like Christmas. I oh, got yeah, to I'm see... like, I, yeah, it's like, tell me all about your first time opening toys. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, fuck you, Bernie. Fuck you, Bernie. You don't get to tell your story. Oh, yeah, I'm just jealous because I haven't done it yet. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, uh, and it, it, like, it never, it, we've had, uh, what, three colors of the Dungeon Beast? We have another yeah. couple coming. It's, it's just as good every time. Like, it's just as awesome. Like, it yeah. doesn't get old. Uh, you know, so I got to see a test shot in Japan. I can't tell you much more about this story, but it was, like, crazy. Is this, like, a, a secret toy that might be coming that the people don't know about? No, no, the Dungeon Beast. The, the, oh, the Dungeon this, this is the yeah the very uh, horrid past of the Dungeon Beast. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> the, the long struggle for this poor poor monster. Uh, I got to see it there, and like that was just fucking crazy to like be in Japan, and like see this thing. Like, oh, it's like real. It's like here. And I remember I just like walked around with it. I think I just put it in my backpack because my wife and I were there with some friends and I just carried it around with me like the rest of the time we were there which was like another five days and I just had it with me everywhere and then uh, getting the box like finally like a, a full production run of them mm-hmm. it was like crazy because like you can't you can you know, try and imagine your toy like red or blue or whatever in your mind's eye and like that might get you 90% of the way there though like to see the thing finally like not some weird test shot because normally test shots or test poles are hold and thinner vinyl or whatever they have laying around mm-hmm. it's not going to have the same weight as your production toy it's not going to feel the same and your production toy when you finally get that production order is usually on, in a color that you've asked for like you know you can order special colors for anyone who doesn't know you can order basically any color under the sun yeah. or Pantone Pantone anything, anything you can find on the Pantone website you can order some of them will take a lot longer to get because oh, yeah. the factory has to order that yeah produce it produce it and get it so when you finally get that thing and you get that box of like your production run, it's like, oh, like, this is wild. Like it's 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 difficult to describe. Like I can't I can't make it akin to any other artistic art form. Like I've painted, we're in bands. Like yeah. finishing a song is cool, or getting like a you know your perfect like instrument tone, or like you figure recording. out a skill recording. Yeah. You finish a painting, you do uh, screen printing or whatever. That's cool though. It's some other level with a toy it's just something i can't really like even making resin toys is really cool you're like oh i got this cool thing vinyl something else if if i don't know how to describe it it's just really awesome maybe it's because it is this long form process where it's like the turnaround isn't instantaneous the turnaround is i mean like with music it's like it's you know it's the culmination of your your life's practicing to that moment where it feels just right but like with or like yeah the the start to finish is is it takes a lot of time takes a lot of meditation takes a lot of patience takes a lot of practice and then like when that moment finally comes you know it's like 
all of that waiting was like worth it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's a very good articulation of it. And so, then, oh, yeah. uh, I, I was gonna say, and then you get your production run, and you see all these joints that you have to now cut. Oh God. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, nice segue back to what Logan was asking about. Thank you. So the factory will generally cut off the bulk of flash. They're not gonna clean everything right down for you. I mean, you could pay for it. Yeah. Uh, some factories might just be like, nah, dog, fuck yeah, you. Yeah, we ain't got time for that. Because <laughs> there's so many people making toys now, like things bottleneck, so like, they'll cut off like the most heinous flash, but it'll be up to you to clean it up. So, um, again, these are just the general terms for things, male, female. That's just the way that the industry Spouts. Spouts. Yeah, Spouts. that's the whole thing. There we go. Uh, so you get a piece, and we can use the Dungeon Beast as an example. So our, our toy, for anybody who's not seen it, is a great big one foot tall monster and it's got these great big long arms uh on arms on basically any part there's going to be a spout so on the male joint there's usually like this weird little innocuous like wedge yeah that's put in the reason they put that in is that's likely where the air is going to go so they put so a you spout don't get on bubbles and yeah. in the tops of your shoulders or in random places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they you're going to have to cut that off. That's something that nobody tells you when you get a toy. You're like, what's this little weird fucking part? Oh, it's a spout. <laughs> this little nub. So, what do I do with it? <laughs> you got to dash those guys out. Uh, we we like to clean up all of the male parts. Like, sometimes the male parts have a little bit of flashing. We just like mm-hmm. to cut them down. It's just It makes it nicer when you're assembling. Uh, something that we were told by lots of different toy people is, okay, so now let's say you got your, your part. The Dungeon Beast is an example is, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven parts. So you got all seven parts. You got all the flashing cleaned up on uh, the male part. You're looking at the female part, which is generally a circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to cut that. And this, again, it might be strange to try and describe in an audio podcast. So imagine in your mind's eye a circle and you're cutting the interior of the circle. It's like an indent. So there's a circle that is the joint, and then on that, you see like an indent. Like someone like scribed in a circle just a little bit in from the yes. joint, and then you should cut inside of that as well. Mm-hmm. You don't want to cut right on the line because what you will end up doing is actually making a really loose joint. Mm-hmm. You want to cut in a couple of millimeters because you want a tight joint, like yeah. like one or two. And you can only thing. you can only take away, and you can't add on. So yeah. start small, and then if it's too tight, work your way out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, eventually, you get a hand of it. You start to realize it. Like this last run of Black Dungeon Beast we have that we've been. We're getting ready to release there, brother. Don't worry about it. Uh, it was, well, at least for me, I, you know, I can't speak for, for, for you, Colin. Like, I found it pretty quick. Just, yeah. I, sharp, sharp ass exacto knife, fucking went to town, had a yeah. heat gun, ready to go. Get a quality exacto knife. Uh, if you can find those, uh, again, audio podcast, weird to describe. Uh, it's like a really thin blade uh, exacto knife. I, I don't know the name of it, but it's like, yeah, I don't know, like half the size. Yeah, you can get really thin, a really acute, like a hard, hard angle on it. Mm. Uh, it comes to a really fine point. Those are great because uh, when you're heating up the vinyl, it, you can heat it up to the point where basically it's rubber. You don't mm. want it that hot because it's impossible to cut. Um, mm. So you, you're at that stage where you've cut it. Let's say you've done it. You've got that perfect circle that's a millimeter in. It's going to fit nicely on the joint. When you're slotting joints together... You, Generally, best practice is slot male joint cold into female joint heated. 
because if you heat up the male joint, which is like a plug, you can deform that if it's going into a cold female joint. And then that can cause issues because sometimes joints fold. Yeah. Uh, like I bought toys from uh, like Mandarake in Japan where like a staff has been like, oh, the joint's inside, you have to fix it. And you look and somebody heated up the male joint and it folds in on itself and it collapses. So then the arm doesn't work correctly or the arm right. falls out. Vinyl has, in quote, memory uh, mm. because of it is a semi-rigid material. So it's going to go back to that shape. Yeah. Like you were saying, if you get it really hot and it's almost rubbery, like that's kind of a dangerous place to be with it. Because if you push too hard, you could, you know, uh, force it into a sh- an unnatural shape and then it's mm-hmm. not going to quite bounce back the way it ought to. Yeah. So you can go too far a, with it. Yeah. A, a cool thing though is that you can just like scrunch it up into a little ball and it sort of comes back to that main shape. But uh, don't do that with every piece. <laughs> you know, like do that with one, and then make sure that it looks just like the others after it's yeah. cooled down. <laughs> and it will also be wicked fucking hot because like yeah. the thing will hold heat. Like you'll burn your hand, uh, and you may release chemicals out of it. I discovered doing this one time with a toy that I was gonna paint. I let it sit in a box too long with a hairdryer on it, and like it was like a little slick to the touch and smelled mm. like it was burning because it'll start releasing oils. Learn from our mistakes. Don't go that far. You don't need to like superheat the thing. You need yeah. to get it hot enough that it's easier to cut. So the reason you heat up the female joint is you can kind of work it around the male joint to get it to like link up quite nicely. The female joint will slide around the male joint and be really tight and secure if you cut things correctly. And then um, and then it should all hold together nicely if you've because uh, obviously the joint work is going to be good. At least in our experience in Japan, they do good joint work. Yeah. If you are smart with how you've designed your toy and you don't do stupid uh, joints yeah. like we've done on the Dungeon Beast has like two really weird joints. If yeah. you're smart about it and you have it, it's going to work really nicely. Having said that, all toys have little things. You have to learn your toy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. with the Dungeon Beast on the, the neck. Oh, sorry. Oh, the neck. Yeah, the neck. Yeah. The neck, even though there's a, a good male joint, a good female joint, We've learned by now cutting dozens of them uh, that we have to cut it a little bit differently. We can't entirely describe it on the audio podcast because it's more like something you have to look at as you're doing it mm-hmm. to get the neck joint to sit right. It's Yeah, it's almost like a very, imagine like a very light Venn diagram. <laughs> like you're making a circle just outside of the circle. Yeah. It goes in and out of the circle to make sure that all the joints on the outside actually line up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and some, some toys are just created, and this is something to be aware of as you're designing your thing, uh, you have to be really smart about how something like a neck is going to work on a toy. There's lots of toys where sometimes the neck joint is a little goofy, like on, no offense to Izu Monster, Izu Monster is a, is a tattoo artist in Nagoya who does lots of cool design work and, and they make lots of cool toys. Blood Guts Toys. Blood Guts Toys. They've done, uh, Izu Monster, he did uh, a toy with Tag. It's this great big two-headed monster toy. It's really cool. The heads come off really easy because the sculpt is a little weird where the necks attach. So that's something you have to be aware of when you're doing things. You have to be really aware of proportions and depth of body. Mm-hmm. Some toys just sort of magically work like a skull headbutt body. For anybody who doesn't know, that's the guy that uh, Marmot uh, one of the side ventures of Marmot is Skull Headbutt. They're these goofy, like, kind of monstery toys. The heads work perfectly on those because it's, like, a circle that sits on top of an ob- oblong shape, and the joint works really nicely. Mm-hmm. 
that guy does really good stuff. If you're again, you'll go look up anything that we're mentioning, and you'll see, because there is an art to understanding not only making your joints work, how the distribution of shape works on a toy. Yeah. So now you've you've gotten your your product. You've got it at home. You cut it. You've assembled it. You now have a blank toy. Congratulations. You did it. You, you made did it. it. You yeah. made it. You you spent all your time. <laughs> you spent all your money. All your money. You don't get to have that anymore. But now your vision uh, exists in in this realm uh, of physical being. So that's cool. And that's then and then you sit there and go, this would be cool painted. And you start a whole new chapter of your life. Yeah. How to paint toys. Which I feel like we can't even. <laughs> it's that's all you. We got you this far. Yeah. 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 We, yeah. And at this point, like no joke, like anyone who's listening, anyone who's interested in making a toy, doesn't matter if you make a finger puppet toy or like a foot tall toy, like we did, like fucking assholes. Our first toy is massive. Uh, it's going to cost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Be prepared. Yep. Be prepared for big bills. Like we're talking like thousands of dollars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. You know, I I guess we we could. We, do you want to say like how much it costs? Yeah, oh yeah, fuck yeah. Something like just for before even getting vinyl, uh, well, it was like 11 grand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was 11 grand before even getting vinyl, and then it's another couple grand for our runs that we get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a big money sink, it's a big time sink, but if it's something you want to pursue, like, it's not unobtainable. It's not impossible. Mm -hmm. you, you can do it if you uh, put your back into it. <laughs> you didn't like that? Christ Almighty, help us, help us. Um, Send this man to jail. Arrest me. Yeah, and there, there's there's some pitfalls and there's some things that are like, um, you know, like your, your toy, your first toy is humongous. And going into it, I don't know if you had considered that, but like nope. because of nope. the sheer size of the dungeon beast, that creates all kinds of costs. Whether that's raw materials, the the size of the molds that need to get made for it, the size of the box it ships in, the size of the box it has to go in to get to your customer. Like that's one thing that you know changed the value of your toy. Yep, absolutely. Our toy is a is a real paint sink. Like mm -hmm. it takes oh. a lot of paint to cover the dungeon beast. Sorry, I was just thinking. Uh, the the cost that we were just talking about is in Canadian dollars. Yeah, you know, what I mean? <laughs> yeah. that's Canadian. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. For for any, uh, so it's um, like sixty dollars US. That's free. Yeah. It's free. They, they, <laughs> they pay you. Money. you. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it is like it is going to be a, a a money sink. And again, yeah, that's a really good point. Everything we're talking about is from a Canadian perspective, which adds a whole other curveball. So if there's any Canadian listeners mm -hmm. and you're interested in making a toy. Like, straight up, reach out to us. We will tell you everything yeah. we learned because we learned the hard way. We got up to the point of looking at... We, Calm, had seen uh, a bar sink, great yeah. long empty bar sink. We're like, do we just buy that and make our own fucking factory? Like, that's the place that we got. We homebrew our own paints. Like, mm -hmm. we've, had, we've scratched and scrounged and found all kinds of ways to figure things out. Like, we're just a little... Canadian alchemist over here. <laughs> yeah, like, we're like, ah, we gotta figure this out. My stomach just grumbled, but the microphone is at dick level, so it might just sound like there's a fart in the middle of the episode. <laughs> and I forgot to hit the lap button, so this is now just part of the episode. Hey. You know, dick fart. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that basically is his toy making is a dick fart. Um, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, so 
as if you are a Canadian maker, it will be like no word of a lie, like band together with other people, make friends, have good friends in the community. Mm -hmm. Like we've got with our man Logan here because you, you're going to need people to have your back. Like I think in Canada, we like us three in this room, we probably represent what fucking like three quarters of the Canadian <laughs> makers. Yeah. Uh, the guy so in, Canadian makers. Yeah. yeah like yeah. the, the soft movie Canadian makers. Like there's a guy in Winnipeg, Izu Monster actually used to live in Toronto, but you know, like mm-hmm. now lives in Japan. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Whereas anyone who's listening in America or even in Europe, there's makers, lots of makers. There's lots of ways to get in contact with people. And yes, we're neighbors between Canada and America. Though, like, it is worlds apart. Like, we had to do a lot. We, it's yeah. it's insane to think that we even got to the place of making toys, let alone making friends who make toys and working yeah. together and doing things like. I've done all week hanging out painting toys and sculpting and oh I wasn't supposed to say that hey don't worry about that brother yeah yeah, like just getting to those places so like reach out to us and ask us or get on the uh, Good Morning Tour World Discord like we're on there yep yep Mm -hmm. I'm not active at all because I'm a fuck face but like DM us (laughs) get on Instagram uh, reach out to us like we'll do everything we can to tell you as much as we can and things that we know about the process um because it takes a lot it takes a lot mm-hmm. like it's it's yeah not easy yeah i think like the the main reason we wanted to kind of do the abcs or the one two threes or the sofubi 101 for makers sort of thing is like if yeah if if this is something you think about if this is something you dream about and not knowing how to get started is what's stopping you uh now you sort of kind of know yeah and you know we've given you you know a bit of a bullet point version of what to expect and what you're going to mm-hmm. go through and then you know if you yeah if you have questions let us know like yeah. yeah i mean if i i was lucky to learn uh learn a lot before i pulled the trigger and i feel like i'm maybe i don't know how um or maybe i don't know exactly what i avoided but there are definitely things i did avoid and like lessons I learned that I didn't have to learn myself, mm-hmm. um, through all of it, which was helpful. So I think like ask as many questions as you can to the people who are, are willing to answer them. And you know, if you want to do it, you too can do it yeah. and just like take out a huge fucking loan. Cause there's no yeah. debtors jail and none Yo. of this matters. And yeah. <laughs> there's no debtors jail when you're dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> the next life come back as a fucking velociraptor. You'll be laughing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so something I, Two things I think I want to like touch on before we wrap this all up is one is like you're you're making a product like you know yeah it it's all this time and effort and all these ideas that you've accumulated together and like it's your baby but like it's still a product and if you have people that you trust around you who are telling you certain things don't make sense or might look better on a different thing I would listen to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's constructive criticism yeah is always helpful you know i i think like i mean design is subjective Mm -hmm. um like your toy can be whatever you want your toy to be but we we were talking about toys that are like hyper cluttered yeah and i think that like might be something that a first maker might want to do it's like i have this idea that's like you know it's a power ranger but it's also ghost rider and it's simultaneously frankenstein and you take its head off there's a dick underneath yeah and you you add up all of these things and it kind of looks like you know like someone's collaged ass binder from high school um <laughs> and so i think like because it's your first toy and you've got all of these ideas that have been bouncing around your skull for a decade um 
you want to throw it all on the canvas and, and make it work, iterate and reduce and make it cohesive would be my advice. Yeah. Because your first toy, you want it to be something that's got a little bit of an, a ubiquitous quality that it feels natural. Mm-hmm. And if it's this, you know, shotgun blast of all these different concepts, only maybe one of those concepts is going to resonate with somebody. So, like, yeah. if it's too cluttered, it could hurt you. And that was something that I, I've just been thinking about a little bit. Well, that makes sense. You, you make a good point. And, like, uh, there's, some, there's, some, there's some other points I want to make, too. Uh, but I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. shelf those for a second. Just to jump off of what you're saying real quick for a second, mm-hmm. you're going to notice who has a really strong design ethos when they can hit those things that are nostalgic, at least for me, in my opinion. Things are nostalgic while also being new and exciting something that you immediately gravitate to there was a mystery and that sounds like a lot go and look at those makers if you see a toy maker and you're like oh i I get this but i don't get this that's a good sign that they're at least a strong designer of a Mm -hmm. toy Mm -hmm. there's people doing things don't throw the whole kitchen sink at something it's okay to have simple designs like i'm looking at uh science patrols our man cory there made wild hunt it's a goofy little skeleton Yep. It, it slaps. It kills. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a great toy. It's amazing. Or yeah. things that are more complicated, like uh, some of the sort of mystery makers, like Utsugio and Iru Iru and uh, Uzumark. Complicated, weird, bizarre toys that have secret hidden action features. They'll, they all hit on touch points that if you're in the world of collecting Japanese toys, you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my second thing I wanted to bring up was a uh, fuck gatekeepers actually that shit's so fucking stupid you want to have this community where it's just you and your other cool friends like all right cool it's gonna die like Mm -hmm. you know get fucked gatekeeping's dumb yeah no absolutely and like i i think i touched on it when it might have been the episode where i announced that i was doing reggie and that like it's a thing um is i said i was very fortunate to find the people that i found because you know there's there's names that I shall not name um, that like if I had just met those people and came to them bright eyed and excited and then got met with the like I'm too cool for school like flipping me the bird I probably wouldn't even still be collecting toys like that that yeah. shit would hurt and like if you experience that I'm super sorry that that happened to you yeah. but like that's not everybody and so like you know see it for what it is that it's you know it's I'm trying to have a you know secret boys club of only cool guys that I deem cool making toys and realize that they're fucking losers and yeah. go find the people that want to share the knowledge with you and want to teach you and want you to be a part of something because like, I don't know, do you really want to, you know, to be in the inner circle of dickheads? Probably not. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, probably not at yeah. all. Yeah. Like it's really boring and probably really sad. <laughs> yeah. Like be humble and have integrity and have respect for yourself and the people around you. And that's, what's mm-hmm. going to take you the furthest. Uh, and it, some people, Make it a thing and it's successful overnight. And some people, it takes a while. You're going to find your mm-hmm. audience. You just have to stick to it. Like, there's going to be days where it sucks. Mm-hmm. There's going to be yeah. days you're like, fuck this. This is a bummer. What am I doing? And then there's yep. other days where like... Well, yeah, like yeah. I had... Um, like, shipping Reggie and getting him here was a fucking nightmare. And like, I had a huge delay from from it coming from the States to here. And like, that was no fault of, you know, no, no fault of Corey, no fault of... My, my buddy Mitch, who helped me out, there was, no one was at fault except the fucking post office, and I'm sitting here, like, bashing my head against a wall, because it's, like, day 20 of being in transit, and it was Fuck. supposed to be here in five days, like, 
So, like, there's going to be moments where, you know, it seems like it's all sort of crumbling around you, but, like, you know, weather the storm, stick it out. Yeah. Like, yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah, that dr- that dream job uh, bullshit <laughs> that people say, oh, if, you, if it's your dream job, you'll never work a day. No. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, some days are going to be so fucking hard. There's yeah. days where I'm like, I sit around and I'm like, I don't want to sculpt. I don't want to cut all this vinyl that I have to cut, but you just, like... You gotta do it. Yeah, gotta do it. If that's what you want to do is your job, like, that, you want to make that dream a job and a reality, mm-hmm. fucking do it. Yeah, big time. But don't ruin yourself on it. Yeah. No, like, you. It, it's okay to take breaks. It's okay to, like, mm-hmm. measure things. And good things take time. So there's uh, two thoughts... One of them is like a feel-good thing to go out on because I want to make a recommendation about something to watch on YouTube. But uh, in the time when you're waiting for your toy to show up, you can do things like what we did, what Logan's doing now with us. Uh, you build your other skills. If you yeah. if you are a toy maker, do yourself a favor. Study basic photography compositions. Build yourself uh, a photo booth. We built a photo booth out of foam core and a paper backdrop. Yeah. yeah, it cost ten dollars. It's not hard. It's going to cost you your time. Look stuff up on the internet. You can jerry-rig a whole situation. You can do things like, fuck, your your phone that you might be listening to this on probably has a half-decent camera. Like, that's, yeah. you know... Yeah, it's kind you, of bog-standard this day and age. Yeah. That you you got a good old-fashioned five to eight megapixels <laughs> in your pocket. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> You're like, utilize those things. Like, And the reason I mention is, you might not think about it. Like, I certainly don't. And then you go, oh, fuck, well, I got this stuff. Learn how to do basic photo editing. There's free mm-hmm. photo editing software online. Uh, your computer, you can do everything. You can run all this online. You can have a big cartel website to do drops from. You can do lottery systems. You can do all this stuff. You just have to start now. Like Take the time and do it now. If you look at our Instagram page, and you look at our first pictures of the Dungeon Beast, the first one we did, the old blood Dungeon Beast, is on this weird, goofy, gray background, and the color composition is fucked, and the lighting <laughs> sucks. And then you look at pictures we did later when we did uh, some one-off releases and the glow-in-the-dark release. There's better light composition. There's some photo editing. There's better shot composition. There's focus work. Because we sat down we took pictures of toys. And we are like, how does this work? How do we do this? Mm-hmm. Like, straight up one night, I was fucking standing there in my kitchen at my kitchen island with my photo booth all set up and uh, fucking ten lights hanging off of things. And I was trying to take pictures with this old-ass camera our, our dad gave to us. And it was just yeah. working. And I was it was fucking hot in the house and I was standing beside the hot dishwasher running and I was like sweating trying to take pictures and like get this right and it sucked and it was a big shitty moment of hours of like just being uncomfortable and not sure if anything is going to work and then we put it online and fucking we sent Dungeon Beasts all over the fucking world Mm -hmm. and that's not to say it was only exclusively because of the photographs I'm saying that skill helped because if you have something that people look at and they like what they're seeing, it's going to help you get it out to other collectors. And it's going to help you make more toys. Build those skills. Garden those skills. Learn how to work the algorithm. Do reels. Do videos. Do fucking stories. Do yeah. all of that stuff. You know, people will talk about it. Is the Brave New Frontier Sofubi Makers on TikTok? Has, <laughs> that, has yeah. anyone reached it yet? Has anybody uh, started lip syncing to like pop culture audio clips while waving their toys around i think candy bolton's on yeah fuck candy. yeah shout out to candy yeah big yeah, time fuck yeah powerhouse yeah hey, we stand some of our toys please <laughs> yeah oh. we, we stand a candy queen or whatever <laughs> whatever the fucking kids say these days yeah. yeah so like garner those skills do those things uh painting toys is a whole other thing like 
Look at what other people doing. Study their stuff. Get on... Fucking ask motherfuckers questions. We send yeah. people questions on Instagram all the time. We hit up big makers. We're like, how you do that thing? Yeah. are like, uh, hey, random person. This is how I do it. Thanks, dog. And then we bounce and we do it. And don't be afraid to sacrifice toys at the altar of getting better. Buy some yeah. junk fucking vinyl toys and paint them. Just buy yeah. some junk toys and paint them. Like, yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter even if they're vinyl. Just start painting. Nothing mm-hmm. is sacred either like i'm not saying strip a toy and paint it and sell it that's that's a dick move yeah <laughs> that's not sacred that's just you being an asshole i'm saying take <laughs> a vinyl toy apart carefully take all the pieces off your vinyl toys study the joints look at weight distribution height measure things like that's what we do uh yeah. you would never realize how clever some jointing is until you fucking take a toy apart mm-hmm. and ask people things like my wife and I go to, well, we were before the Panini, and we are gearing up, hopefully, before the end of the year, if all goes according to plan, to get back to Japan. Like, straight up, hit up motherfuckers, and if they can make the time, they probably will. Like, I straight up cold emailed Corey, and, you know, I think I talked about this on a previous episode, Calm and I were, like, just so worried about where the Dungeon Beast was. I was sitting at a fucking Dunkin' Donuts, knocking on Broadway, with tears in my eyes, talking to Corey about, like, I don't know if we're ever going to see our toy and that sweet baby angel fucking saved us <laughs> over donuts. So don't be afraid to reach out to people. Like, if you have questions, ask. Yeah. Be humble as you're asking. And people who reciprocate that humility are going to support you. It's going to be good. Yeah. La- uh, something, this has got nothing to do with toy making, though. An interesting connection to art in general and Japan. Uh, so, again, not at all toy making, though. Uh, there's two videos on YouTube I really want to recommend to people. Uh, David Bull. David Bull. I knew it. I yeah. fucking knew this it. This motherfucker? Okay, so like, I love this dude. So David Bull, this is a short condensed version. He's a... Wait, wait. The condensed version? Does he dump hot metal on it? <laughs> <laughs> he should. He fucking should. He's cool as fuck. So David Bull is uh, a British-born Canadian. Like He's from Canada. He lives in Japan. He's been living there like 40 years. He makes woodblock printmaking. He went from being a random dude who met a Japanese woman on a train to being an international, like, recognized uh, wood carver with a full complement of staff in a store in fucking Japan. And, like, he was awarded his Japanese citizenship. He's been recognized by other Japanese printmakers for keeping the tradition of Japanese wood printing alive. Yeah. He did like the those super famous Nintendo woodblock prints. Yeah, mm-hmm. of, like Samus as a samurai and all all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Jed Jed Henry designed that. Uh, David Bull and his team carved them. David Bull, like that motherfucker, is just incredible. I've met him. He's a super funny dude. He's just out of his mind. There's two really cool videos on his YouTube channel. So there's David Bull, D D A V I D, and then Bull is B U L L. Or you can look at Moko Hong Kong. It's 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 spelled phonetically Moko Hong Kong. That's the woodblock tradition. Mm. I, this might sound like a tangent because we're talking about toy making. <laughs> There's two videos on their YouTube page. It's called My Beginnings Part One, My Beginnings Part Two, and they're both somewhere in forty five minutes to an hour long. And it might sound boring because it's just an old man telling you a story. There is no better analogy that I've found or understanding of what it means to be an artistic person and a maker than listening to those two things because he describes his past life. He describes the huge steps it took and the hurdles and things he had to go through and moving to Japan and fucking 
having kids and doing all kinds of crazy things. And he took on this huge project that took 10 fucking years to make prints. He made 10 prints a year for 10 years. And in the beginning, nobody fucking bought. And he was carving all these wood blocks himself. And some of these prints were like three, four, five pieces of wood. So you're carving a piece of wood to get different sections of a drawing, printing mm-hmm. it yourself, doing all that. And he did it this by subscription. In you know, at a time when people still use fucking fax machines. Well, Japan still uses them. <laughs> and over the course of 10 years, crazy stuff happened in his life. His, his story is not necessarily mine to tell. The reason I bring that up is it took this motherfucker 10 years into his third, and he was in his 30s, I think, when he started or something, or late 20s, early 30s when he started. And over the course of 10 years, he went from being somebody who could hardly sell prints to being recognized nationally and internationally, having art shows that were selling out, having other old Japanese uh, woodblock printmakers who have like generational families of tradition doing woodblock printing, coming to him and respecting him, caring about his work and being a part of his world. How does that translate into toy making? It might take you a really long time. You might not be sure. You, lots of things may happen in your life. If you stay on course and you commit to what you're doing and you say, this is what's important and you have it, even if it's a little fire in your heart, because some days it may be a big fire, maybe a little fire, don't let it go out. It's going to take a long time. It's going to be hard. There's going to be days you're going to be like, this fucking sucks and I'm over it. Don't get over it. Turn it around and come back to it and stay committed to it. We have had toys. There's a toy that we're working on now that's on the fifth pass of the toy because oh the first God. four didn't cut it. So we're on the fifth one. We're doing stuff with other people. We constantly are bastards. striving. Bastards. 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 Secret bastards. Secret bastards. You heard it here first. Eagle so bastard. Blind bastard. Tiger bastard. <laughs> uh, nobody's going to understand any of this. No, so like, no. surround yourself with people who care. Push yourself. If it doesn't work, do it again. Keep going. Don't be afraid to make happy accidents. Don't be afraid to restart a thing. Don't be afraid to practice. Just mm-hmm. just go and do it. That's at the end of one of these videos that David Bull talks about. He says, just go and make the thing. Just do it. And I couldn't think of anything better. Maybe that's, to me, the most important thing to tell you about being a toy maker. Because, yes, we walked you through your initial concept. Make the thing. Get the wax. Your mold making. You got the toy. You cut it. You got it all. You got a pain. You got to get out there. The most important thing you got to do is just you got to start. You got to do it. You got to get up and you got to start and you got to do it because you'll never know where it's going to take you. And toy making is more than just toy making. This is super, super important to us. And if you want it to be important to you, then you have to decide it's important to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that you just gave like the the pep talk for like. You gave the $10,000 pep talk. <laughs> it is Now it's time to sink your heels into debt, my young friends, <laughs> and throw it all away for your vision. But yeah, no, I think that's great advice because like, you if, if you're listening to this and you're like, I've been thinking about this for a decade, it's time. If it's, it's time. If it's been that long and you've been thinking about it this whole time, it's time. Um, and you can do it. It is attainable. Absolutely. For sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, surround yourself with the people who support you, find the people who are willing to answer your questions and, you know, you, you can forge your path. You can, you can make your way in this wacky world. You better believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you very well might be doing the thing that we've been doing all week, sitting around 
three assholes, super good buddies, just being fucking ridiculous and like we're on our way. Mm hmm. You know, hail yourselves. You're the best. Is this the conclusion? <laughs> uh, yeah, if, yeah. Is, is there anything, any final thoughts or anything else that people need to know or you want to share? Um. Please buy our toys. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like all of ours, not just like, not just King Hideous. Like, yeah, it, you see someone you like, go, go buy it if you have the money to, if you can do that. Yeah, yeah, support the art you yeah. want to see in the world for sure. Yeah, yeah. you know, just you know what? do, do whatever you feel like you can at the time to support the artist that you like. Yeah. Even yeah. if that's just like a. A, a retag or repost or whatever mm -hmm. on Instagram or For just sure. saying like even in a DM just like hey man that's really cool because that is that's like the world mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah you know? it is super cool I completely agree like we mm -hmm. we'll post fucking stupid stories of being dummies or showing off a painting or something and people will be like wow that's cool and you're like oh man like I don't know you I have no idea who you are and you appreciate something that we're doing yeah that's crazy um if you are making something, whatever you're making, like, get it out there, share it, like, chase it, chase it down, like, have that fight, do it, go mm -hmm. out there, be a total maniac, stay up all night making art. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, straight up, like, we were laughing because we were doing that, and we're... Three in the morning, still sculpting? Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. I don't know how many times I've been up until three or four in the morning painting, oh and I feel God, like yeah. dog shit the next day, they're like... I, th I think it's a testament to uh, how much I love and appreciate you guys that I'm willing to stay up till three in the morning to do, I'm willing to stay up past nine o'clock to do anything because I love my sleep many Oh, so, dog. Yeah. We, but we've been, we've been maniacs. Yeah. It's even, it's, it up. yeah, it's 1030 now here in Alberta and like, we're going to, uh, we're going to wrap this up pretty quick and we're going to go sculpt till we're three gonna go in the morning yeah. some more. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, Support who you can. Uh, don't be a gatekeeping dickhead. Yeah, mm -hmm. don't do it. Don't be a flipping dickhead. And blue lives don't matter because it's an occupation. <laughs> <laughs> just went full A cab at the end. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. ACME baby. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yo, like, uh, yo, I was. The pigs are your oppressors. <laughs> Jesus Christ, well, ugh, you, yeah, you well, bastard, you bastard, <laughs> bastard. Yo, like. Yeah, I, I said hail yourself there and half joking though half true like yeah. you know I'm not you know like whatever your proclivities whatever guides you through this universe like go into yourself explore that thing and make it a reality you can do it of course you can do it yeah turn off the stupid fucking podcast and go do it <laughs> but also support this podcast <laughs> uh, yes but all yeah but come on come on I mean, I mean rate and review it on iTunes um, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, uh, so I guess we're wrapping things up. Yeah. Um, I want to thank Bryn of King Hideous Toys. Thank you so much for, for talking with me and the people and, you know, doing the thing we're doing as I'm rubbing my head and closing my eyes. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Colm. Oh, there King we go. Hideous, uh, for, for doing the same. Uh, thank you guys for an awesome weekend of being maniacs and staying yeah. up really late. Thank um, you. Yeah, I hope, I hope this was helpful to people listening. I hope this inspired you. Uh, or maybe you got halfway through and you're like, fuck this. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I don't know how to do an intro without Tony here, or an outro without Tony here, but, uh, I'll do my best, Tony. Uh, how dare you try to fill his shoes? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's impossible. Yeah, thanks for joining everyone. Uh, I think we'll be back to normal style episodes, but this was the 
ABCs, the one, two, threes of Safu B. Uh, yeah, and remember, folks, a Boba Fett for a Greedo is a notoriously bad trade. We'll see you next time. Ah! Yeah, 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 yeah. Should we do a thing where we're all talking all at once just to see what it sounds like where we're all talking and yeah. saying things? Yeah, hey, we should all talk at once. Brain start saying stuff Ooh, now. Ooh, baby, yeah. I love the way. We're talking. Every day. We're just talking at a normal level, guys. I am.